I'm Dr. Jill Wiener. I'm a white woman, a doctor, a meditation teacher, a tapping practitioner, a writer, and I'm an aspiring anti-racist, an identity which I must constantly strive towards, work on, and reevaluate. This podcast amplifies the powerful voices of women and men in all aspects of the anti-racist space, from healthcare to spirituality to criminal justice, to provide a nuanced, honest, and educational examination of systemic racism. And I am so excited to have Dr. Nicole Swiner here with me today. She is a family physician. She's the owner of Swiner Publishing Company, which uh, is actually publishing my book that's coming out next week. And she is a powerhouse in her own right and such an incredible human and and, uh, role model and and all the things. So Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. And powerhouse is a big word. I think you, I, I don't use the word lightly, but you, you seem to be doing everything and you are doing it amazingly well. So um, I'm very inspired with, by all the work that you do um, and still practicing medicine. She's like still actually like, oh, I'm going to see some patients and then I'll do this podcast interview. And then I'm also going to be this, you have like candles, <laughs> scents, scents, scented candles from partnerships, all these incredible things that just seem like all sorts of all sorts of fun and, and uh, very influential. So um, the first question I'd like to ask you, and I've started asking this of, of everyone, um, I didn't used to do this, but what does anti-racism mean to you? Ooh, that's a good one. So it is the, it, it, anti-racism to me just isn't about the talk. It's about the action behind addressing those things that we need to address that we usually quietly, awkwardly shy away from, uh, especially when those things are being spoken by loved ones and friends and colleagues that you don't want to upset and offend, but like actively pursuing leveling the playing field. So we get rid of all these insane stereotypes and obstructions and, and obstacles in the way of us seeing each other the same. That's what I see anti-racism as. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I, um, everybody's different. Everybody's definition is different. Um, but that's the beauty of this work is that it's, it's nuanced and it's, there's always something to learn. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I leave every podcast interview just like, oh, just so lit up and, and inspired and um, wondering how, just mind blown at how much there is to learn. So um you are a black business owner and that's something that we kind of hear a lot about the importance of supporting black owned businesses. Um, you are, you are publishing my book. I chose you intentionally, um, because I know you're good at what you do. And also because I, my book is about anti-racism. So I wanted to put my money where my mouth is fit and figuratively. Can you talk about the importance of black owned businesses and what that journey has been like for you? Cause we're both doctors. So we don't like, start off as business owners. Yeah, that's right. And I never wanted to own a business, to be honest with you. I wanted to be the foot soldier in primary care and have somebody else take care of that other stuff and just take care of the patients. That's all I wanted to do. But, um, you know, God saw fit that this would be the position I'd be in. And by mistake, almost it seemed like the opportunity dropped in our laps, myself and my partner, um, Dr. Chilla Curry, to own the practice from a hospital. And, um, 
you know, we, you know, jumped in not knowing much about it, hired some people that were smarter than us with money and business owning and all that stuff. And we've learned the ropes. So, you know, we, we turned 10 as a private practice this past um, October. That's yeah. incredible. Congratulations. Yeah, I know the time. I mean, you blink and like time just like flies. But um, so being, so Dr. Chilla Curry is of Indian descent. He was born and, and raised in India. Um, he's a, an older uh, gentleman and uh, I call him the Gandhi of our world because he is phenomenal. But so being a black and brown owned private practice has been very um, interesting. You know, we we're privileged. Um, and as a doctor, I, I, you know, I admit I, we are privileged. We have diff different privileges than people do than, than some people do um, that are not in the medical field or uh, don't have the opportunities to make the money that we make and ownership and all that stuff. But um, it was, it was an interesting transition. You know, we felt like the small, the small fries, you know, cause we were, uh, we were, uh, inheriting this practice from a hospital practice and so the big the guys in the ivory tower with the white you know with the suits were owning all the things and we were um trying to inherit that from them and there was a struggle in the in the beginning i, I really don't think the hospital thought that we would be successful um for many reasons you know i don't know whether color had anything to do with that or not but as, as you know, the lowly primary care physicians, I don't think they thought that we would succeed the way that we did. Um, and so just having to be confident, having to, particularly as one of the few women in the room, mm. trying to take this practice away from the hospital um, was very interesting too. And, and allies have been tremendously important. You know, allies both in the room, allies as lawyers, you know, my husband as a male, you know, also had to step in and show his strength and his support. And I think there was one particular instance where um, one of the suits in the room wanted to be intimidating in some way um, towards me when it came to this business dealing that we were doing. So much so that my husband felt the need to show up and show his face and shake his hand very sternly to show that, you know, yes, she is a woman, but she's not by herself, you know, yeah. um, she's very capable. So don't, don't try to, don't try to play her. Right. So having people yeah. to support you in that way of all colors and genders, et cetera, is definitely helpful. So it's been interesting. It's been an interesting transition, but um, I, we have no regrets, no regrets. That's incredible. So, okay. So you own your own practice and then you have other businesses as well. So the, the publishing company, how did, how did that get started? And um, I've been, I've been a part of your, your publishing circle for, for the last, you know, six months or so. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what is your mission? Do you think in, in, as a publish, as a, um, in your publishing business? I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> no, ultimately. So really, uh, and things, you know, God is funny. Um, because I had zero plans of number one, being a business owner, zero plans of owning more than one business and zero plans of writing like as a job. So uh, I'll try to make the story short. So was in private practice, had, you know, inherited this practice and gained this practice as now I'm a business owner. Uh, and so had to learn the ropes with that. Um, was recently married by the time I got, we, we became private practice owners, had my first kid, first of two kids. So coming back to work, trying to manage all these things, balance, juggle all these balls in the air. I literally passed out at work, literally hit the floor rock bottom. And from that, learned that, okay, clearly I was doing too much. <laughs> I 
you know, not sleeping, not taking care of myself. I'm all about, you know, putting everybody first and taking care of all the people and breastfeeding and not sleeping and all that stuff. So I was doing too much, stressed out. And that's when I learned about being a superwoman and what that meant and started reading about it because all my friends were wagging their fingers at me saying, you know, you need to take a break and stop being, you know, doing all these things for other people. Um, so with that, I thought, you know what, this fits, this is my journey. So I want to share that journey with others. I'm going to write about it. So I started writing about and journaling and blogging about what it is to be a superwoman with the superwoman complex. And from that, you know, decided to put some blogs into a book because then I started joining some groups, you know, where we have probably come into contact, you know, some other physician groups, entrepreneur groups that, uh, where my colleagues were writing these books and, expanding their brands and being able to tell their story after the second time a second book that i published on the superwoman complex which i did via amazon self-published after the second time i got more and more people asking me how did you do it mm. and can you teach me and i've always wanted to finish this book and never knew how to and i said ah i could i can show people how to do this um so that's essentially how it was born literally just people coming and asking me how did you do it and i said i can teach you and that's where swander publishing was born and my my ultimate goal eventually is to be able to pull away more and more from the clinical side of medicine which has become more and more complicated um i still get some joy out of it but i, I definitely want to do it differently and do it less or do it more remotely like here doing telemedicine etc but um Swiner Publishing, I think, will be the thing that will help me to uh, pull out of clinical medicine a little bit more, hopefully maybe even leave a legacy, you know, something my children might want to carry on once they're older. Um, so that those are my two primary goals with it. I love that. That's so beautiful. And I love how these things in life just kind of unfold and, and your intuition every step yeah. leads to such magical opportunities or, or, or they can and, and that's a privileged thing to say probably mm -hmm. um and and it's interesting also to hear you acknowledge your own privilege and i think for people listening it's important that like privilege isn't just skin color although the skin right. is something that you hear about a lot being able-bodied is a privilege um education is a privilege so um so that's incredible and so you're giving voice you're allowing people to share their voices that didn't have the means to or the 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 know-how or the motivation to put out there on their own um but that's funny it reminds me of when when you and i first started working together i just i had wanted to turn my conscious anti-racism curriculum and at the time it was just me i hadn't i hadn't collaborated with maisha yet um and i wrote to you but i was like taking this 12-week hiatus from my part-time job and i was like i have no funds i'm gonna just do this on my own and then I got my first edits from this, you know, uh, freelance editor I had worked with and they were good edits, but I like fully froze because they were a lot of edits and I was going to have to do actual work and, um, and COVID happened. And I remember you reaching back out and you were like, Hey Jill, how's that book coming along? And, and that for me was such a pivotal moment. I hadn't signed on with you. I mean, you were just like, no, and we had interacted a little bit on Facebook, but we weren't like, besties we weren't in you know not there's no formal arrangement or anything and you reached back out and it was exactly what i needed and the exact 
it was a little tough lovey, but in the, I love tough love. So for me, it was the best thing ever. And it got me moving again. Yeah. Said something like a book like this is more important than ever. Don't you think? Or something. Yeah. I was like, this is your moment. I said, this is it. This is the time. Black yeah. Lives Matter movement was happening right as COVID was really popping off. I said, we need to hear from allies like you. Yeah. 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 And so in, in the time in between, um, I think be before you had re reached back out, Maisha and I, Dr. Maisha Claiborne and I, who you've also worked with in the past and I think are, are friendly with as well, mm -hmm. um, we've teamed up and she's been collab she's collaborating on the book with me. We're co-authors and, and with the whole conscious anti-racism movement. So it's been really, I'm glad we waited because if we hadn't waited, it would have just been a book by Jill, the white girl, and yeah. it wouldn't have been as powerful. I don't think it would have been as... Um, impactful. Uh, impactful and it wouldn't, it would have just been my perspective, which is something, but it, it, this is, it's so much more robust. And of course there's um, collaboration with Dr. Ann Kennard and Janet Raftis, who's uh, another wonderful woman I know. So there's lots of great collaboration in, in the book. And yeah. um, Ann is phenomenal. I've worked with her too. We published her book too. Yeah. So she's, she's great. She's great. So um, what, what do you, how does it make you feel to be putting work out there that has social relevance or that has potentially a social impact? How does that resonate with your values? I am so excited. I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, you don't want to say who of your children is your favorite. <laughs> I've enjoyed all the books that we have published <laughs> starting from the beginning to now, but I am so excited about this book for many reasons. Number one, I mean, it's, it's obvious. I mean, this moment right now in history, in our nation, in our community, I mean, there are so many things happening right now. I mean, the election just happening. I mean, like, this is, this is your moment, Jill. This is your moment. This is the book that needs to be written that we all need to be talking about you know, from, it doesn't, you know, just, it doesn't matter whether you're a physician or not. We all need to be talking about racism and getting along and getting over all these horrible feelings that we've had since the dawning of our nation and the world. Um, but I'm, I'm like, I, literally, I, I get chills thinking about the impact that this book will have now and forevermore because people going back, you know, just think, you know, our kids and grandkids, in history class are going to be learning everything about 2020 um and just think of how important your book hopefully your book will be at the top of the reading list right for kids going into college 20 years from now so you know i just I, and i think you have wonderful things to say um clearly maisha claiborne and ann Kennard. You know, because I know them personally, I know the wonderful content, and I've seen the manuscript, I know the wonderful content that they provide. But just knowing the things that you're talking about and how, I mean, it's going to shock some people. Um, and I like that. <laughs> I like that in a good way. So I'm excited about it. So I think it's so important for this to be released right now. This is definitely, you know, I don't know what your faith system is, but I feel like the universe, God, Mother Nature, everybody, you know, this, okay. this is, this is the time for a book such as this to happen. Yeah. And it, it, thank you for saying all those wonderful things. And I think what I, what I love about this conscious anti-racism movement, what we talk about is like, 
this is uncomfortable AF. Like it, it, it is uncomfortable and that's good, you know? And I, a lot of people are talking about, I'm not the only one to talk about this at all. And there's so many other incredible books out there. And, you know, I, I have this, this like perfectionist white supremacy culture mentality of like, if I just finish all the books that I want to read, then I will be fixed <laughs> of, of the, and it's so it's, it's an ongoing journey, but what this book and, and, and our online course, what they do is they give you tools and by you, I mean, not black people. Um, Cause even people of color who aren't black can still, even, even black people are, are steeped in white supremacy culture. The, the audience for the book is not black people. Um, although I think they can benefit from the, the techniques in it, but how to, how to lean into that discomfort and learn from it so that, so that they can move forward into the anti-racist space in a way that's not draining energy, that's yeah. bringing energy and that's doing it in a, like a safe, non, 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 um, judgmental, judgmental and non-triggering way. Cause if you go into an anti-racist space and you haven't done the internal work, this book isn't just about the internal work, but if you haven't done it and you go in there thinking you're all everything because you're the white person who knows, or the, or the Indian person or the, you know, any, any ethnicity, it can be very damaging and it can make it all about whiteness, which we've got plenty of that. So, um, so I think that's, what's cool about it and, and using all these different techniques that, that I've learned over, over time and that Maisha um, is, is an expert in. It's just this perfect synergy of, of, and it's a stepwise progression. So it allows people to kind of like, go on the journey and flail in a, in a way that is, I mean, there's flailing. Anti-racist work is, I think flail is probably one of the first, it's like a, it's a, it's a, um, I've never actually said this, you know, using the word flail, but it's a flail for a long time. And it may always be a bit of a flail, but it's like, how do you manage the flail and not let that shut you down and stop you from doing what needs to be done? In a safe space. In a, in a, in a way that like you're doing it there's there's questions about the word safe space because a lot of people are think it's problematic because white people really want to be safe and so they're like i have to be safe no matter what that's actually one of the symptoms that we talk about Ah, but for white people to do the work internally when it feels safe i think absolutely when we go and then when we want to go out into the world we want to make sure that we're not insisting that we as white people or non-black people are made to feel safe Ah. that's not the that's not what's important in the anti-racist space. It's not about white people. It is in terms of shifting and joining, but it's not about us at all. It's, it's about um, contributing to the movement that is well underway and very well, you know, we're not helping. We're, we're contributing and amplifying. Um, so, but yeah, when you're doing the internal work, it's nice to have the skills that don't make you want to like writhe around in shame and, and, and yeah, there's going to be tears and there's going to be shame, but how do you get through that? Um, so it's, it's been, it's been quite a journey and it's been so great to have you there and, and the women, you have a writing mastermind. Um, so like a, a group that meets and you provide all this great support. Um, I'm talking more than you are and I'm interviewing. No, I love it. Yes. Yes. Got it. <laughs> um, talk about, can you talk about, um, the, because a lot of your, your, not all of your clients, but a lot of them are black authors. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk about the importance of getting their voices out there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, as you mentioned before, 
part of what we've been able to do is hopefully help those who don't know how to go about it or have never had the opportunity you don't know don't have the know-how of getting the words that are in their heart and their brain on paper and out to the world you know i'm a family doc and you know we're all you know i, I don't deliver babies now but i used to uh help with labor and delivery and all that and i do see this as a birthing process this is a continuation of my medical stuff because it's it's very um you know, I'm a mental health advisor throughout the process. I'm a, uh, like I said, a tough love. I have that maternal push that I help uh, people with. And um, I try to give them the knowledge that I have, or at least connect them to different people and resources that they wouldn't have had before. Yeah. So I'm, I'm proud that I get to help people in that way. And particularly for those of, of color who never envisioned, like, you know, what do you mean my words are important enough for other people to hear i'm like yes your, your words are important and people need to hear that um and then you know for a lot of the people i've, I've done a lot of poetry books or I've, I've um gotten a lot of poets recently so we released during the pandemic we've released one poetry book from a black woman i'm working on two other ones now mm -hmm. it clearly has been therapeutic and will be therapeutic for them to get these this stuff you know out uh, to hopefully help other people and help heal whatever wounds they've been holding on to. So um, it's a lot. It's it's emotional. It's fun. It's exciting. It's all of those things. Yeah, and and people are listening. People are craving. I think black voices, the, the black perspective now, in a way that I don't think people were probably open to. And I mean, you know, like white people. Yeah. Um, wanting to learn more and understand more and, and be better and do better, I think, and, and not always knowing what to do. And, and the great answer is always look to the work of, of Black folks who are doing, have always been putting wonderful content out there mm -hmm. and have always had incredible things to say and teach, but have not always been received. Right. Um, incredible. Um, how how can people, well, what other, what other projects are you up to? Cause you're, and I, it's funny cause you're talk a little bit, if you don't mind about the no superwoman thing, because I called you a powerhouse and maybe that's the, maybe I'm just saying you're no powerhouse. <laughs> maybe I should like, so can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think it's a really important message, you know, race yeah. or non-race um, that, that you have, that you put out there. Yeah. So my no superwoman life, I call it a lifestyle brand now because I, um, try to live the uh world of well we used to say work-life balance now it's more work-life integration oh, I like that. Um, where you know you're trying to particularly as strong women you know that the strong women that we are we have all these things we want to do and all these people we take care of and then we forget about ourselves but the no superwoman movement is about self-care it's about putting yourself first um, which sounds selfish but um you know should be because if we don't take care of ourselves then we can't take care of all these other people and things that we want to take care of and do. So I, um, on social media have created, you know, merchandise and, uh, events that we'll do around self care, um, particularly for, um, working women, moms, not everyone has children, but working moms, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, primarily of color, but, you know, everyone can be involved with self-care and taking better care of yourself. And it's not just about getting your hair done, nails done, and buying a new outfit. It's about 
uh, do I hate my job? Do I, you know, am I, are, are my partner and I connecting the way I need to connect to feel loved? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I, you know, do I use aromatherapy? You know, you mentioned some of the candles that I uh, put out. I have two candles uh, in collaboration with two companies that I develop. Um, and this is all on my website. I have an online store, shameless plug. But <laughs> I, want, I want to shamelessly plug you and I want you to plug yourself and, and I'll ask you in a moment, like, how yeah. can you find you? So yeah, that all is going to be in the show notes for anything. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, my message by, and I, I show, you know, on Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram, I have, um, I like to show, you know, pictures of me and my girls hanging out or me and hubby, you know, pre-pandemic, me and hubby on date night or me and the kids running around or me doing telemedicine and all that. Um, look, hubby is actually, and it's so speaking, speaking of work-life integration, here's, <laughs> nice I'm sorry, you. I'm busting up the whole thing. I'm sorry. That's I'm great. Sorry. That's great. We're, we're very happy to have you, uh, cause you're also a part of the publishing, uh, this is Jill. Hey. Conscious anti-racism. Hey Jill, how are you? Oh, yeah, Rick and I have been emailing. Yeah. Yes, yes, so it's good to actually meet you. Meet. Yeah, it's good to meet you too. It's good to meet you too. Yes, so integration where hubby's working from home, got two virtual schoolers upstairs. I mean, it's like, you know, how do you create that space for yourself? Um, so I try to role model that. I try to give you some good helpful tips and advice and you know, a candle, a, a superwoman sleep serum that has some essential oils in it, you know, how I feel good about self-care. I try to share that with the world. So that's where the, the brand comes from. I love that. So it's like, stop expecting women to be superwomen. They just get to be who they are is enough. That's right. Um, I love that so much. So you're, you're, you're no powerhouse. Well, you know, so you're still I'll, powerhouse. I'll accept the powerhouse, you I know. You, I will <laughs> think of you as that. Um, so how can people find you? I know you're on the social medias. So what's your, what's, what are the best way people can follow you and learn about you? And if they're thinking about publishing a book, how can they reach out? All the yes. things. Yeah. So I'm at Doc Swiner on all social media. Instagram and Facebook are my two favorite, but I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter and all that. Um, my website is docsminer.com and the online store is bit.ly slash the docsminer store, all one word. So the best way is to, you know, shoot me a DM, um, you know, an inbox message and I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. The website also has an email, um, a way that you can uh, contact us via email, but um, most people, get at me via social media in some way. And so, you know, that's probably my favorite, favorite way to communicate nowadays. Okay. Yeah. I love your post too. It's just like, I'm like that life looks fun. That's, yeah, it feels awesome. authentic. It feels like that's what you're actually doing. Um, we're actually doing, I'm, you know, trying to run around and play and have cocktails and get sleep and then worry about virtual school and taking care of husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know there's so, there's so much, uh, it's always, it's like ongoing, it's nonstop. So I, I love your, I love your whole message. So um, Dr. Swiner, thank you so much for, for joining me and, um, and for shepherding me through this book process and for agreeing to, um, to chat with me and, and for the lovely things that you said about the book, which is being released November 30th. November 30th, you guys, please go support this book. Buy a million copies for yourself and your family members. So Y'all can talk about it at the Christmas table. 
I know. Yes. And it's, yeah, this is good. This is good actually, because it will give you the tools because there's a lot in there about communication. Mm -hmm. So this will give you the tools to have those. I mean, we may or may not be having, I'm not having any in-person family dinner. Right. In a small, get less than 10 people in a small gathering with masks. Yeah, yeah exactly. So like, you know, your crazy uncle, yeah. Tommy, who makes the crazy comments, this will give you the like wherewithal and the tools yes. to like, keep it together and then have something intelligent to say and not after the fact be like, ah, oh, I should have said something. Especially, so, especially after this election. Especially mm. after this election. And especially because people think that the work is like, oh, cool, Biden won, Trump's out. Mm -mm. This is the beginning. This is Now the beginning. is where the work starts. Yeah. That's and right. Like we can take that like insane amount of stress and fear that Trump brought that he added to, but there is still an insane amount of stress and fear and, and work that needs to be done. So um, absolutely. So Fourth, the book. Fourth the book. Nicole, thank you so much. Um, have a uh, great rest of your week. You too.